Hey guys, we had a little bit of a weird recording situation. Uh, I apologize for any microphone noise that I wasn't able to cut out. Bear with us, we'll get it under control. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Gamecast. I'm Dan. I'm Mac. I'm Steve. I'm Brian. And we have a guest. I'm Garber. Welcome, Garber. Thank you. How you doing? Excellent. All right. Uh, I'll start well, it off. Every time somebody news on the mic, I'm going to start it off the same way I do everybody else. What's your geek? What do you? What makes you eligible to be on this show? Uh, started playing Magic in 1994. Um, right away, basically, when the game came out been uh playing ev- almost every ccg that comes out since then uh tons of board games uh reading comics uh ran a couple comic shops etc <laughs> etc et all right you're 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 qualified well thanks okay we'll see you next time uh, there's the door <laughs> all right so uh we'll, we'll start the show off with a couple of announcements uh, first one i don't have any announcements oh my god no way <laughs> i don't but you don't have any like we're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. We're gonna do. We're gonna do this. Well, Dan's growing himself a little beard. That's an announcement. Yeah, we got a little. Uh, looks, it's, it kind of looks like Dan's evil twin. It is evil. Oh, it, it oh is evil. God! Beard, oh, beard, crap! It's evil Dan. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. And we've been. We just been let. I let him into my house. It's okay. <laughs> He's already like rummaging through the garbage and shit. Like you saw him over there. Well, at least evil. he has a cooler costume. Yeah. <laughs> His uniforms look way cooler. Yeah. My red Why shirt. Why did I not get that? That it's evil Dan. It's evil God, Dan. It's, it's evil like Dan. a sash and everything. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the uniform's slightly different. But yeah. It's funny. Dan, I do have to say, I still like your Theodore Huxtable sweater you got going you, you on. You love that? There. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very it's much. It's pretty nice. Despite the fact that Cosme's been in the news lately as having been, you know, previously accused of like 13 counts of rape. What? Yeah. Wow. I had no idea. That That's a shame. <laughs> He's he way a bit downer, Mac. Yeah. yeah. He, was, he was trying to get a new special or show or something, and it came back out that, like, well, something like eight years ago, it kind of got hushed up and drowned in other things, but Bill Cosby was accused of, like, 13 counts of date rape, drugging women. Like, So that's the story on Cosby now. What? How? How did Bill Cosby, like... Stop, stop asking <laughs> questions and eat the pudding pop. Stop, just eat the jello. You see, eat the pudding. You, put the pudding you know, that's how he did it. Since when, <laughs> just eat the jello. Since when does Bill Cosby have to resort to, like, roofing women? I mean, he's still Bill Cosby. I mean, even if he's old. He's still Bill Cosby. He's, he's still Bill Cosby. It's, it's, he didn't do it on purpose. There just happens to be GHB and jello powder. Like, <laughs> pudding pops. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So I guess uh, I guess the only thing that I would say is not really an announcement. If you uh, haven't been paying attention, check the feed. We got a new show um, that's a supplementary podcast to the Gamecast called Tangents. That's on on the feed. Check it out. It's just a collection of uh, of random conversations that I'll have with people. Sometimes I'll sit down with um, with a couple of hosts to do a specific bit. But other than that, it might be uh, something we discuss on the Gamecast in just kind of gloss over it. 
and I want to get into more detail, you might find it there on Tangents. I got $5 that says your show called Tangents will be more on topic than this one typically is. Yeah. It, it might be. <laughs> we'll see. This is word throw up. <laughs> As of right now, we, we've only recorded uh, a couple of episodes. The first one, I think, is posted. And it's uh, it's us talking about doing a podcast and not being able to talk to anybody. And I've got the couple of guys eating some nasty jelly beans. I can confirm that it is posted. I listened to it today. It was very funny. All right. Good, good, good. How nasty were the jelly beans? Uh, just listen to the episode. They're I pretty heard some gross. descriptions. Oh, okay. <laughs> Spoiler alert. They're gross. I just want to do uh, a tangents episode on whose idea it was to send Ben Grimm into outer space in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> and what purpose was he supposed to serve? <laughs> can we can we stretch that into at least 45 minutes? Because I can. No, no, no. We, we, we can split it, and we'll do the uh, the letter people lost in space episode along okay. with that. <laughs> All right, so... What was uh, his purpose? I don't know. He was just <laughs> their friend. You want to go to space, bro? I've got. I've I have got a couple. This, why did Johnny Storm go? Like I've got the scene in my head where it's just like, oh, he'll just let him go with us. He'll get it out of his system. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on, come on, Reed. <laughs> you promised us a family vacation for months now. I really think it's just Reed Richards built a thing and has his new car and is like, who wants to go for a ride? And, it, and it's basically like, who the hell are these three freeloaders who've been living with Reed Richards all this time? <laughs> it's like, thank God they got powers to make them relevant. Clearly it is uh, Nerd Reed has a crush on Sue. He needs his wingman, so he gets his jock buddy to come along. Maybe put her in a spaceship, which is a little bit better than a convertible. You can get The other thing I thought was that it's... Uh, Reed Richards, Sue Storm, and Johnny Storm are in like a swingers like three way relationship. <laughs> Keys in the bowl. And, and Ben Grimm. Way to make it incesty. Ben Grimm is their <laughs> adopted adult son. <laughs> he, he what? <laughs> what? All righty. What the hell have you been watching? Let's, I was just uh, thinking about it today. I don't know. Let's. Uh, we got to get you a better job. You need to get your hands on something so that you don't have all this time to think. With that, let's move on to uh, what's on our horizon. Okay, uh, welcome back for our Horizons. Let's start with uh, Mr. Garber over there. What have you been doing? Get the honors. I uh, got in a game I backed on Kickstarter a while ago called uh, Guts of Glory. Okay. It's made by a couple art students, so it's got a really interesting kind of illustrated watercolor look to it, uh, which was actually the main reason I picked it up. Okay. What's the, what's the concept? It is uh, that you are playing, everyone is playing uh, these mutants in a post-apocalyptic world having an eating contest. <laughs> Okay. And so you're trying to eat things like boxes of spiders and boots and etc. So it's like uh, kind of like Fear Factor. Sort of, uh, except that <laughs> the game stresses that you're all gentlemen, and uh, one of the main mechanics of the game is spitting food from your mouth into your opponent's <laughs> mouths, <laughs> which makes them worth more glory finally when they're swallowed, because every gentleman knows that it's better to eat someone else's food that's pre-chewed. Oh, wow. Makes perfect sense. It's going a mile for the mechanic. Yeah, <laughs> that's a pretty good stretch. <laughs> so it's a, it's got a pretty interesting, unique theme to it, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Actually, I've played it three times so far. 
Does the art look bad? No, it's it's not bad at all. It's, it looks like it's from a comic book, actually. Okay, because like, I don't know. What you, have you seen the Sentinels in the Multiverse art? Yeah. Do you think it's bad? I don't think the quality is as good as it would be if it were done by a professional comic artist. I think it looks. I like the style of it, just because like the whole style of it is the same. And it's got that weird like clip art. Makes it look not like a comic book, but more like a cartoon to me. Yeah, I, I like it, but like you, I can see where somebody's like, yeah, that's just like bad art, and I'm like, I, I don't know, I like it. So, uh, you're talking to a guy though who's really into the indie comic scene. I like all kinds of art. So yeah, anything illustrated, I'm gonna be a fan of generally. And I'm I'm looking at the uh, Kickstarter page right now, and the art's pretty cool looking. It reminds me of... Um, it's like some Pink Floyd stuff. Yeah, it really does look like some Pink Floyd stuff. Or, at the very least, some some uh, nicely illustrated Dude, children's they, books. That's a lot of money. Wow. Yeah. The For the record, Brian, your comment was they... Uh, the, the goal was 25000 They They uh, got 41000 plus for the uh, finished project. Have you got guts? But no glory. No. All right. So, so I'm out. Um, what do you think of the game? I like it. Um, it has always been a close game. The three games I've played so far, everybody's pretty close to winning when somebody finally does. Has it got, uh, is that because there's a mechanic, uh, like a catch-up mechanic? Or, or? The, uh, the spitting food into the mouths mechanic is very prevalent. And sometimes the food, the, the, the concept of the game is that it takes a while to chew each piece of food. And okay. so as you're making progress chewing a particular piece, sometimes you're forced to spit it into your opponent's mouth. Then they get to swallow it and gain the points. So it's kind of a chaotic back and forth of who's actually going to get the points for the food. Right. But generally it ends up with, a, you know, everybody's kind of staying in the game. And uh, the food actually increases in points as it's spit. Let me ask this. Do I have to actually buy the board game to play this game? That's a wonderful visual. Yeah, this is a card game, by the way. Just yeah. in case you're just now like listening to this, some you know somehow. Brian's uh, Brian's whole premise for the last like three weeks was, could you eat blank? Oh, dude, like <laughs> that could be a podcast. This itself. is just the competitive version of that game. Yeah, could you eat fifty pizza rolls in one hour? Yeah, well, I, I'll eat twenty five. You eat twenty five. We'll race to the end, and I'm going to spit some in your mouth. Ugh. But you don't win because you won't swallow. Oh, I win. A gentleman always swallows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Also, that 50 hot dogs challenge is still on. No 50 hot dogs. Yeah. Who's eating 50 you. hot dogs? Without the bun. Yeah. Kobayashi. No yeah, that's not a big deal. Kobayashi, the food champion. Yeah. 55, I believe. I'll call you Kobayashi Maru for the rest of your life if you do it. <laughs> That's not a good thing. The unbeatable <laughs> challenge. <laughs> the, the unbeatable <laughs> challenge. The, the Kobayashi. It's the Kobayashi, Kobayashi Maru Maru food. food. <laughs> That's a lot of hot dogs. You just walk into you walk into a deck into the deck of the Enterprise, and it's like 50 that needs hot to be dogs. a man versus food episode. There needs to be the the unbeatable yeah. food challenge. So. um... <laughs> So is this game going to be available in game stores or something you can only order online or anything like that? Do you know? Honestly, I don't know. Um, the packaging is not great for being sold on store shelves. There's not a lot of info that it even is a board game unless you look at the back. Okay. Uh, so shelf presence is that great. So it may not have been made with that in mind. Um, but I'm sure there's a website uh, that's connected to the Kickstarter page if you'd like to find out more. I'll put the links in the show notes. You got anything else? That's the only new game I've been playing. Okay. Okay, Steve, how about you? I know what uh, Mac and Brian are going to want to talk about here. Well, tonight, yeah, something's coming out. What's that? 
which by the time this episode comes out, yeah, it'll, it'll probably once again it'll have been discontinued like and not available <laughs> yeah. online. Uh, new Heroclix set. Oh my <laughs> no, god! We haven't had a nuclear Heroclix set come out for a while. This one's a big deal because they have midnight releases for Heroclix sets. Yep. yep. Oh jeez. If enough interest gets generated, yeah. But this one is a big deal because it's Superman and the Legion of Superheroes. Oh, huge deal. Legion right. of Superheroes, right? <laughs> but this it's not really because of that. It's because the set just looks pretty good. Okay. And the, like, the thematic stuff in it is pretty cool. Any new mechanics or anything going uh, on with it or just uh, nope, badass just, pieces? Just a good set. Like okay. one, of the be- one of the best sets that there's ever been in my opinion, is the Superman set. I agree. That is like the best set. But that's no longer modern age. And this uh, Superman and the Legion of Superheroes is like kind of almost like a reboot of that set almost. It's like no the same longer ideas. modern age, meaning they've moved beyond those pieces and mechanics? Meaning it's like how in Magic there's like there's like standard yeah. and there's legacy. Got it. Um, the, su- the old Superman set is basically like extended i guess it would okay. be considered now sets just age out of the legality yeah. in certain formats of term- tournaments so that they can change the formats over time nice okay so this is a rehash of an old set essentially yeah. that it's, makes uh, it more current thematically it's uh you have legion of doom legion of superheroes and the new gods and i'm not sure if there are any other more like thematic things in it because they haven't really leaked the whole set yet but I kind of have a feeling there might be some uh, Adam Strange, Savior of Ran. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. Yeah. But the New Gods, a Legion of Superheroes. Basically, the cool the cool thing about Legion of Superheroes is it's a thing where it's like you're not supposed to really know who the characters are. It's basically they're kind of supposed to be generic and stuff. So it's kind of interesting to unbox all these characters who are like, who the hell is this guy? Like, who is this dude? Dan, you're a fucking asshole. What are you looking at? The Legion of Doom wrestling team. <laughs> you weren't supposed to look behind the curtain, Brian. <laughs> well, I've never been sitting here. Now I'm distracted. Greet the uh, new gods. But it's like... Same as the old gods. It's like uh, Solomon Grundy, Toy Man. Hawk and Animal. Yes, Hawk and Animal. <laughs> yeah. The tag team champs. Watch out, Brett and Owen Hart. And... They're coming after you in a continental what, title. Brian shows up at my house at like 11 o'clock a week ago. With, <laughs> with what'd you have? WWE 2K14. And anything? Did you bring food or soda or something? Cocaine. I don't know. Okay, Brian's Xbox has been at my house ever since the uh, uh, Sky Skylanders Landers. debacle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. He shows up at like 11 o'clock with one of my roommates with WWE 2K14. Yeah. Yeah. Game's which, awesome, by the way. <laughs> Which I am now required to start uh, uh, looking up how to unlock all the different characters. We find out that you have to go in, into basically story mode, which is to play through, uh, what what are they called? WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Re- to play through WrestleMania 1 for 30, like, and right. then each of them in order for 30 years, right? Wow. <laughs> what was the one you got stuck on? Macho Man Randy Savage. You have to beat Macho Man Randy Savage as Ricky Steamboat Willie or whatever the fuck his name <laughs> Steamboat is. Steamboat Willie. <laughs> yeah. It's it's seriously something Ricky like that. Steamboat the Dragon Willie. I don't know what the that guy's is. name is. Steamboat. His title is the Dragon. He's yes. supposed to be like a Bruce Car- Lee character, but I can't figure uh. out why he's called Steamboat. Like, and his name is Ricky something. Like Ricky Steamboat <laughs> Willie. I don't. Yeah, it's Mickey. Dan's Bush. doing the Steamboat Willie dance. Um, oh man. 
literally for like hours. <laughs> it was probably like three He's hours. Are there, able to do that. I haven't played it. Are there sound clips? Like, did you get? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, brother. Oh, did yeah. you get all that good stuff over oh, and yeah. over? Oh yeah, and over. all that <laughs> cutscenes and everything. Common, like, it, it, it's a really to cool do, mechanic. to defeat the history mode stuff. You have to actually reproduce what happened in that fight. Like you wow. can't just like beat him. You have to beat him the way that it happened in yeah. WrestleMania. Wow! You have to beat him, or That's you deep. have to get beat up by him, and then he'll dive off the corner. On basically, you, you can and... like whoop his ass for like twenty minutes, and then like <laughs> he basically like there's a cutscene in it where he like does this stupid Macho Man like jump off the top rope looking like a retard, and like you get like <laughs> so put mad. down to like critical health, and he immediately pins you, and you have like a point three second chance to like counter it, and if you don't, you have, do, you have like, like a one chance to like break out of the like the pin where it's like this small of an area and basically if you don't get it you just lose the match you have to start all over again for 20 minutes and do it over and over and over again until you just get so lucky that you beat his dumb stupid Slim Jim Eaton <laughs> sounds like you suck at that game so my no, it's hard it is hard I was the only one doing it my roommate and I are watching him do this just crack it up I'm egging him on the whole time <laughs> like repeating you keep hearing like the same lines from the commentators That's what I was over saying, yeah. and I just start repeating them like I'm just Oh, his throat still hurt from the last fight. Oh, I bet it is. I'm <laughs> just screaming my hatred towards Macho Man Randy Savage at the time. So I step outside with my roommate Macho at one point Man's while ready. Brian continues to try to beat this, and I'm like, I wonder if I just go back in there. And as he's about to start doing the pin thing, you have it's it's like a three skill bar mechanic. Like you have to you know hit the thing when it's in the zone, and then do it again, and then do it again. And if you do those, you beat him. I was like, what if I see him hit two and just change the channel? (laughs) (laughs) And my roommate's like, he'd just spear you. I was like, yeah. And then I'd pin him. (laughs) I would would freak out. Macho man, there is no equal. (laughs) After that fight, actually after that fight, I like looked up the YouTube video of what Randy Savage did when he like went up to get interviewed. He does this whole thing with, (laughs) he's got packets of creamer. That that fight rises rises to the top. top. (laughs) I need a prop. I need a prop. Somebody give me a prop. He's doing it like it's a magic trick. He keeps pulling them out of his sleeve. He's got more. And he just keeps throwing them. And he's got more and more and more of these creamer packets. uh, In the immortal words of the late, great Rick James, cocaine is a hell of a drug. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So um, that's, that's pretty good. Was that your? We horizon? were talking about here. <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember where we were. That was that was is crazy. A, is this a podcast? What is this? Wow, that was that was just because I looked up the Legion to Doom WWF. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. listeners. Sorry. I was Internet. talking about you know Solomon Grundy, uh, Toy Man, <laughs> and all, all those guys. That's all exactly what you said Manta. last time. One of the previews they did was for Solomon Grundy, and on his card, one of his powers is just called Solomon Grundy One Pants Two. That's awesome. <laughs> like they actually did that joke. Wasn't that just a comedy yeah, Cartoon, on, Network. Uh, Cartoon Network yeah, ad? Little, yeah. yeah, so good. All right, so Brian and Mac, all the wrestling talk tag team. This next topic, what are we talking about? All What's right, on your you, horizon. You want me to do it or start it? Hey, I'll tell the story of how I first heard about it. You probably heard about it from Reddit and just watched it, right? Well. You want me to introduce it first, and then you can kind of... No. Why not? Because. Okay, so there's this thing on the internet. By the time this comes out, it'll be over. Oh, it'll be long over, I'm sure. Well, it'll be in the second generation. Who knows? It might not even be over. We don't know. Victory Road is going to be rough. Um, 
So there's this thing going on on the internet right now that nobody that like basically has kind of taken over the world, and you've probably heard it by of it by now from some source. This thing's called Twitch Plays Pokemon, and what the idea of it is is it's this bot, like this ROM or just like this computer program, and it's just an empty game running of the original Pokemon Red version. So it's not no one's playing it, and it's just this computer program running it. Now. The only way that anything happens in the game is inputs are put in through the commands that chat types in. So if you type in on the chat room, up, the character goes up. If you type in start, you bring up the start menu. If you hit A, 8 happens. Essentially, that's the idea. Well, at first, it was difficult because, you can, as you can imagine, there's tons of different commands coming in. And, like, it's just chaos. And there was, you know, a handful, a couple thousand people watching it. At this point, at any given time, there's... 70,000 plus average is pe- 70, people. Like pl- people doing it at any given time, putting in commands where it's just a flood and it is absolute chaos. Now, I don't think you understand what 70,000 people putting in commands to like one Game Boy game looks like. It is in, it is chaos. Like <laughs> it's extremely difficult to deploy, to display on a screen, actually. Yeah. Like the, the screen command is just like, <laughs> like it's just go- going, yeah, imagine, going. Imagine, imagine a chat box where that's just. Flying through, flying through. Yeah, like, um, I saw a, uh, I saw a web comic. It was like a little flash comic, and it was um, the the girl at the counter at the the desk was like, "Hey, welcome. We can uh, regenerate your Pokemon for you, <laughs> whatever." And there's joy, or whatever. Yeah, yeah and like then then it goes to like from her perspective, <laughs> what uh, what's his name? Red. red what what red looks like and he's like drooling and he's got zombie eyes and he's like <laughs> left right up down down up holds up the pokemon puts it back down turns back around goes the other way and it's just that that's the whole anim- animation it's pretty hilarious well he has been up for like 220 hours <laughs> yes <laughs> by now oh yeah is it, i ch- i watched a little bit of it today and it's been running for like 12 days 12 days we're on day 12 now and yeah. like what the idea of it is it becomes there's been like over like 23 million separate IP addresses that have like logged on to this thing over its time and it is amazing like the whole idea of it is if you put like an infinite amount of monkeys in a room with an infinite amount of t- like typewriters they'll eventually recreate the works of Shakespeare it's it's <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's not quite related to that uh, it is actually and intended to be this whole experiment in emergence right it, it takes a random sample it doesn't it doesn't input all of the commands it takes a random sample um, of the input commands and actually does some of them and the idea is to see th- that Pokemon. So tends it takes to a random you. sample. So five guys that say the wrong thing can really affect the game, possibly. Yes, possibly, but it, it ha- they have an equal opportunity of not. Okay. Yeah. That's complicated too by a seven second delay from when it dis- any command is entered to when it's executed. Um, what was originally anticipated as well was that the 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 delay between. When it samples commands, when it inputs commands, and when the commands are outputted by the emulator, it's, about it's considered 40 seconds. twenty to forty seconds. Yeah, so it's very difficult to respond to what's actually happening it's, on it's the screen. It's twenty seconds with from your your thing in the chat to get to the game, and then yeah. another twenty seconds for the game to register the input, basically something or, like that. Yeah, it's a, it's and, a it, and it changes. Yeah, the, the random the randomizer uh, it has has to do a lot more work when there's a lot more uh, commands. Um, it can go quickly, and I think that they've actually been making improvements to the technology. So they the have, original yeah. twenty to forty is probably down now. Um, anyway, like about the whole idea, like it's a super interesting concept, awesome to watch. Like just to see how far they've gotten is amazing. Like it, I cannot believe they've gotten as far as they have. They've like 
beaten six of the eight gyms and stuff like that. Like, just an incredible, like, I can't believe they've gotten this far kind of thing. But the, the best part of the whole thing is the, like, lore and the story and the, like, the sheer amount of, like, fans and the art and, like, the all the cool, really, really cool stuff that, like, has come out of it. Uh, I don't know, Mac, if you want to talk about some of that. Or... I just wanted to finish up the system before we yeah. start jumping into the stuff. Um, it's not exactly the whole random monkeys will create Shakespeare. It's it's more like it's a demonstration of hive mind because there's two things at play in that, that seemingly random commands are producing this progress through the game. The first thing is that Pokemon channelizes you. If you walk if you walk south in the starting town, you can't go anywhere. If you walk north, you're heading towards the next thing. Right. The point is all the commands that would take you in non-productive ways actually don't do anything. So you'll always end up, just about always end up moving further down the line. The second thing is there are points in which that wouldn't happen anymore. Any crossroads, you know, for instance. Um, and mo- most, most attacks whenever you're in a battle of Pokemon will eventually kill the other Pokemon. You know, you will tend to win battles. Um, the point here is that you're actually creating hive mind. It's not that they're random commands. It's that people tend to put in the same commands. So you're talking about five guys could throw the whole thing off. Well, no, not really when the odds are much more likely because 300,000 people are all interview are all entering the same command. I don't think so. That's why true, Pokemon? Though. No, it's true. I don't think that like a majority of people are trying to accomplish anything. I think there's just as many trolls. No, as there are. but you get aggregates there. There. It's not that there's an infinite number of options. It's that all the people who are coordinated to try to do to try to do any one thing are more persuasive than than any group that's less than that. And there are multiple groups. Well, They're not all one group, but there are multiple groups. If there's one thing that you can do in the game that's right, all the people who are actually trying to play the game and do it correctly are going to put in that command. The trolls are going to be more spread out along the other options. If up is the only correct option, then down, left, right. Right. Okay. A, here's my here's my argument though. So if like, if up directions. if up is the only right option, but left gets get, gets like chosen, and now you go left, and now up is no longer the right thing. All the people who just put in up that spammed up, now they've gone up. So now the direction is down right, and so like now they're going up a bunch of times. That's true. There's error in the system, but that's yeah. not the same thing as not having a. Uh, 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 an emerging tendency towards certain commands. Well, so, speaking of error, too, the most tragic thing I heard about the game was that after they finally managed, after hours and hours, to capture their first Pokemon, they accidentally gave it away. Okay, that, oh, I was man. getting there. Yeah, <laughs> way worse things than that have happened. Way worse thing. Bloody Sunday, bloody Sunday just happened this Sunday. <laughs> like, I really think it's essential to finish up on the system before we start talking about this. Okay. The the last thing that happened is there are parts of Pokemon that are probably basically impossible to get through okay, using this Okay, yeah, method. I forgot about this. The, the Safari Zone requires that you get through it in a certain number of steps. And when you're a complete spaz, like wandering back and forth and unable to coordinate yourself very well, it's basically impossible to do. You will run out of money completely, and you would have to reset the game. Right. Well, not really, but basically. Um <clears throat> It gets to a point where it's like you hit a wall. So the developer thought that this was going to happen from the time he put it out. And he was working on a system like w- once it became popular, he immediately started working on a system to allow slightly more control. So he envelop- he developed an anarchy to democracy thing. One of the commands you can now input is to vote for either anarchy or democracy. Once you cross a certain th- – there's a big buffer on anarchy because that's the classic form of the game. Once you cross a certain threshold, you enter into democracy. The game now takes – takes random samples but takes those random samples as votes for particular actions and every 20 seconds whatever has the highest number of votes that action is taken okay it's much slower 
That's but it's slightly controllable. Uh, yeah, that's I, I said. Um, it's much slower, but slightly more controllable. It has been used several times intentionally by the community in order to get past certain things that are next to impossible um, for them to do. Like, for instance, walking along a ledge where it's only one wide, and if you, you have to walk all the way along it, and if anyone ever hits down, you go off the ledge. Anybody can screw that up, and people, like Brian said, absolutely do intentionally try to screw that up. So it requires democracy to kind of get past some of those things. Right. Democracy is also known as the great evil. <laughs> like that, that the the guys who uh, we'll, we'll get to that bit in just okay. a second. But but the guys who control or who advocate anarchy because it was the previous form of the game have started to advocate that that is the way things should be, and they tend to try really hard to oppose democracy anytime it comes up. Which Brian can tell you a little bit about. Yeah. Okay. So the whole like thing that is happening with the game is like people are coming up with. The, like the journey of red and like his like like his, like what is happening and like the story behind his pokemon so he like picks charmander in the beginning and instead of naming it charmander they like pick they like mash the buttons and his name became like a b b b b y y a a a a a you know like just cuz they match button but they like name him there it's named abby so they're like, okay. oh, that's Abby now. And then they like have a Radita who's like J J J W L L L N N N O O O whatever. And so he's Jay Leno. <laughs> like so, like you have Abby and Jay Leno as characters, and like they're like really like awesome Pokemon. And then you get to a point where it's like they catch a bird named or that's like a Pidgey, and like they over level it like hardcore. And uh, he's their most powerful Pokemon, so like they refer to him as Bird Jesus. <laughs> and like, Bird Jesus will absolve you of your sins, all this awesome stuff. They, he, he is A-A-A-B-B-B-J-S-S. Yeah, so he's Bird <laughs> Jesus. And, um, what, there's like awesome, like, points in the game where like they wanted a thing, they needed a, a Pokemon, a water Pokemon, which would be extremely hard to catch like this, to teach it surf to get points, like, so they can go across water and stuff. So they got an Eevee, which you can make into, like, one of each different elemental types. So, right. like, we'll make it into the water ones so we can type it. Well, or can we can surf it. So, well, out of all, like, the chaos, we made it into the fire type, Flareon, and people are starting to call it, like, the false prophet <laughs> and, like, the Satan of, like, the agent of democracy and stuff like that. Because and the next thing that happened was... Because right after we did that, we went to the PC, which is, like, where you can store your Pokemon, and it's also where you can release them forever okay and we released our charm our charmeleon abby and jay leno our two strongest pokemon into the wild and completely gone forever so like they're like r.i.p larry the false prophet yeah murdered the, the so we banished yeah. him to the pc and like it, it's just this awesome story of like sadness and like great like every characters. every action taken by these characters has been put into a uh religious context of following this thing called the Helix Fossil because it's like this item you can't throw <laughs> away. Because it's the only item they can't destroy every time they go into the item menu. So like every time <laughs> they like keep pulling it out or like during battles they'll like consult the Helix which is just like taking it out and like looking at it. So it's like because they, whatever is in the second slot of the item list because of the way it interprets commands will tend to get clicked on a million times. Yeah, so they're like it's like consult, consulting the Helix and it's become like this religion of following the Helix <laughs> and stuff like that. And when you consider that in the game you have to pick between either the Helix or the Dome. Yeah, Domocracy or anarchy of the way of the helix and stuff like that like it's just become this awesome thing to watch and like the story's been amazing and uh they've just re-resurrected lord helix our god 
like they, they <laughs> so you, you, you can it? turn the Helix fossil into a Pokemon later. So like they turned it into a Pokemon and became like Lord Helix. It, it, the it is now the Lord Risen. Yeah, like, the yeah. Lord has risen and stuff like that. Like my favorite little moment that like one of my favorite Stay on the mic, would you? one of my favorite little moments has been um, Bird Jesus, as they call him. Had, used to have this attack called Gust, where like he would just do a bunch of damage. But whenever you level up, you can learn new moves, but you would have to replace one of your four moves to learn it. So they replaced Gust with this thing called Mirror Move, which is he does the move that the Pokemon that before him did last. So like you basically like if someone tackles you, you get to tackle them back. So they're like, oh no! But as soon as he used it, this awesome like thing came. Like, it was like Bird Jesus preaches the word of do unto others exactly what they do unto you <laughs> and like and it just like they completely womps like he's so over leveled it's awesome it's so fun to watch i'm completely like i'm watching it all the time i cannot wait for it and they're gonna do another one as soon as it's over it produces these hilarious battles too where like uh they're 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 far-fetched named ducks who gives no fucks he gives no fucks <laughs> um will like uh, get into a battle with with it has Leer, uh, an attack called Leer. We'll get into a battle with another uh, Pokemon that has Leer, and by pure random chance, they will leer at each other like twenty five times. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then, then Ducks cuts it in one hit. Kills yeah, it. yeah. Like, so now he's King Leer. He's King Leer. Yeah. All right. It's great. Like if you know, it's if, really crazy. They've made it through an incredible amount of the game while being on. So where are you finding the lore? The Subreddit. Yeah, I would. Suggest I, I would. Su- I would just look at oh the lore. I would go to Twitch, plays Pokemon. I would to suggest watch, the subreddit to watch yeah. it, and then the subreddit's where you're going to find a lot of the memes. I'll, uh, There's also a know your memes for it and all kinds of stuff. I'll throw a link in the show notes. I just um, I don't have time for that shit. <laughs> There's a uh, it's really big <laughs> right now. Like you, I just don't. I, I mean, I hear you. Uh, Salty Bets was another big one that we had talked about a long time a while yeah, back. Salty Bets wasn't that cool. Salty Bets is like random. This is like uh, this is like there a was, really like awesome thing well i i hear what you're saying i i'm more intrigued by the the sociological aspect of what what's going on there that that part's really cool and that's what the developers actually interested in too sounds pretty neat i'd like to see like a spreadsheet or you know at least a a a blog post somebody writes about it later on you can bet he's gathering data oh yeah i'm sure he's gonna separate he's gonna he's said he's going to do a new version if they ever manage to beat this game and he's going to do the next release but the next release was also bifurcated like red and blue were he's going to do both this time but one of them will be anarchy and one of them will be democracy nice. you'll be able to compare them nice yeah, yeah. so well sounds like something i need to look into because it sounds pretty nifty it's basically like you know, the reason i would bring it up is like hey i've been like that's what i've been doing and like it's kind right. of what the gaming world has been all about like for yeah. the last couple of weeks it's really interesting when they drop in a democracy that like despite the fact that you can have a majority of people in favor of democracy when they get into a democracy they split what they're intending on and they become a minority compared to anybody who's voting for anarchy so it very typically gets back to anarchy really fast, especially when you consider that most of the anarchy guys start in putting – it's like a movement called Start, start nine, 9, which is – Open to, the start menu to, nine to, times in a row. To vote for the command to, to hit the start button nine times to in a row. To just halt any progress. Which means that you can't play the game yeah. at all. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, anything else you want to add to this thing? Watch it. Check it, it out. Yeah, everyone it's check weird. it out. It's weird. It's so weird. It took them six hours to cut down their first tree. <laughs> like, the the problem, the thing is, like, the one thing I will say, the last comment I will say is when you just turn it on randomly and you're like, well, this is this is boring. I don't know what's going on. Like, like, this is just, 
I, I, I don't you gotta understand. buy in you, you gotta buy in a little like you, you gotta like kind of like do a little research and just because it's like it's just him walking up and down for like that's, five hours that's like internet's 101 i mean you yeah gotta, gotta buy <laughs> i know but like some people I've, I've told it to some people and they're like i watch it and he just moved right and left for a couple hours and then i turned it off and i'm like yeah you, i don't think you get it like i don't know like this is like whole community that's been really great and just kind of like the jokes and like the attaching it, gigantic significance to all the little things <laughs> they do is also great. Yeah. Like, all right. Well, let's take a quick break and come back for a topic. All right, we're back. We're gonna do something a little different this time, like always. <laughs> every every time every we started, day he's like, "We're gonna do something a little, a little different. different this time." Every day uh, maybe it's just the same, Dan. Maybe it is. Uh, first off, remember Jimmy, the nope, um, nope, no. <laughs> <laughs> the grumpy GM who had uh, the problem player who rallied his other players against him. Oh and, yeah, and we wound up sending Jimmy a uh, a copy of fiasco oh yeah uh, i he, don't think i was on that episode he uh he wrote back and said he got the book ah, and cool. uh Good. thanks a lot so i'm looking forward to hearing from him like to hear what they've what kind of an experience that specific group had playing fiasco which is very un min maxi at the same time he did that he sent in a couple of topic suggestions uh, previous to that, I'd had uh, some conversations with some people, and uh, they and uh, Matt Perotti, I think he was on our last episode, sent in a whole bunch of topic suggestions. So what yeah. we're going to do is kind of a rapid fire topic, and what I'd like to do is just kind of touch on everyone, kind of get uh, a brief <laughs> touch on everyone, touch it, touch briefs, <laughs> a brief <laughs> overview of how we would handle the topic, maybe go into it a little bit. Maybe we should just. Like, <laughs> I'm just waiting for just the tip jokes, man. I got tip. nothing. And maybe we should just like go around to everybody and like kind of everyone says their piece a little bit and then just kind of move on. To How was one. I supposed to know you were lactose intolerant? Because uh, I was screaming it. Um, and then if you, the listener, would like to hear us go deeper on the subject, mm-hmm. send us an email or hit us up on Twitter or on Facebook, and we'll uh, we'll delve in. Let's start with this. Uh, Topic suggestions. Topic one, technology at the table. With the advances in technology, how do you guys feel about stuff like smartphones and tablets being used in games? Kids today are growing up with these devices all around them, starting at a very young age, and will no doubt be influential in the future of gaming. Where do you think this will go involving the tabletop gaming industry? What do you guys think? Kids and gaming is a question? Uh, technology and gaming. Oh. Um, oh. I think uh, from... from for my piece here, it's already moving that way. There's several yeah. RPGs that have been uh, linked in with tablets that uh, I think uh, Robin Laws has actually got an RPG out right now that he's working with, uh, with some guys to design a sandbox RPG that everyone at the table can play, and the, uh, the tablet that you're passing from person to person is kind of the arbiter of the randomness of the world. Cool. The only thing with like gizmos and gadgets is like, it can be very <laughs> distracting. I had that game when I was a kid. I actually was proposing to uh, my roommate, who's been a longtime GM. I'm actually new to the, the role-playing hobby. But uh, I was proposing to him running a game wherein you make Facebook accounts for the NPCs, then have the players make Facebook accounts and be, uh, for their characters and become friends with all of them so that you can push story points through that way through 
comments, etc. Nice. That's actually pretty cool. We've had I've had some Sounds conversations. Like catfish, the RPG. <laughs> I've had some conversations with people where we're talking about like creating a a, a false Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Uh, for like a mystery game or whatnot, and then you can kind of follow old tweets exactly. and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have NPCs talk about we're going to the party, and then you have other NPCs comment back like, "Can you believe that X thing that happened just at the happened. party, yeah. etc." As a way to push quests and things like that. Now, uh, I think Brian, you hit the head nail on the head there. What about the distracting? Oh man, of. I've already I have like super ADD like when well, it comes to stuff. So like when I have a gizmo or gadget in front of me, like it's impossible for me to put it down. Like. Uh, and so I know people are worse than I am, and you can get like stuck in D and D when people are like, "Just bring up." We get stuck here when somebody's like, you know, dog poop, and we're like, well, "We talk like ten minutes about dogs and stuff like that." If you could imagine that, <laughs> and there's then like, another ten on poop. Yeah, this, exactly. this is not a topic that's ever actually happened. Right, but I'm just saying, like, if so we, about this dogs. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, like, dog, like you're just you're just tempting the bull. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> so, like, what I'm trying to say is like adding widgets and wackos or whatever gizmos and shit like that's just gonna like multiply that by a bunch <laughs> widgets and wackos new from psycho <laughs> this episode of the carpet gym game cast brought to you by widgets somebody. and wackos dude yesterday we were playing D and wackos. <laughs> yesterday we were playing D and D with rebel and he was saying i was trying to say minute i was saying minotaurs the whole time and he thought they were like centaurs the whole time he was like he thought minotaurs were centaurs and he didn't like understand what the difference was and he kept he couldn't even pronounce minotaurs so he was like there's centaurs scimitars cin-. and then he came up with this idea of like what the hell yeah and, and he was like there's cinnam-. he was having a stroke yeah <laughs> no yeah i'm wondering if something's wrong he was like they're cinnaminotars. And we were like, cinnaminotars, new from Milton Bradley. Like, or it's like a new breakfast cereal from like, we were like, General Mills. General, General Mills, Mills. cinnaminotars coming this Halloween. Like, yeah, that was pretty funny. Steve, what do you think about technology and gaming? I like it. I already use it. I'm already doing an adventure path. Yeah, you I, are using it. I plan to buy every book from the path on my Kindle or I buy it from their store and then put it on my Kindle. Well, hang on though. You're just reading from a book on right. your Kindle. Uh, that, yeah. that's I mean, that's a use of technology. Yeah, do you yeah. use your laptop or do you use the Kindle? Like, you, I just bring my Kindle. Like, I try, I try to avoid bringing laptops. To yeah, D&D that's like that's super like, distracting. Yeah, it's like the worst. I'm a laptop GM. I, I, I probably you know what? seven or eight years ago, I just I started using laptops, and that's where I've gone. I, I want to say I tried that once, and I didn't like it because I was I was basically thinking the whole time like. If I'm going to go through the trouble of bringing my laptop, I might as well just grab the books because it's basically the same amount of weight because I kind of plan out what all, all the stuff I'm going to carry with me before yeah. I go. See, for me, it's just easier to have... Uh, I can go ahead and open a book while I got another yeah. book open. I can have 12 books open on my table all at the same time at the exact page that I'm going to I actually I need. Uh, and you're taking notes and it's a screen. I use yeah. I use my phone and my Kindle now because I have like a full spell book on my if on my phone it's just an app like an open source app. And what I'll actually do is I'll go through uh, all the encounters and stuff for that day that I think we're going to get through and print out and staple together on you know paper all yeah. the uh, monsters and stuff from the bestiaries. So I don't actually have to bring I have to bring as little actual books as possible and right now all i'm bringing is my kindle the papers i have printed out for like maps and stuff and uh my phone if i need to look up a spell because i have an app on my phone that's every spell in pathfinder you also know all of us have books too right and that's another thing you know 
I'm gonna I'm gonna exit out of this one. Uh, one more quick comment yeah. from me here. Uh, first off, we talked about I think maybe on the podcast before about doing say like a, a shadow run campaign where. Uh, I have a buddy call somebody at the table. He's the Mr. Johnson who's giving them the next gig. I keep him updated with quick notes or text messages from my lap from my laptop where he can say, well, you know, how'd you screw up that last one? You know, and things like that to make it more contextually. I mean, that's cool. And I I feel like you'd have to pay the guy. I'm just saying if there's too much of that crap. Somebody's just sitting in a room like trying to keep up with this. He's watching a movie. He sits down, he looks at the text, and he says, okay, call now. And then he calls. fucking Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) And the other thing was uh, something we talked about on the podcast before, which is the, the bridge game where you... You're on the bridge of a spaceship, and each, everybody has their own specific Artemis, section. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the stuff like that, I, I definitely think that those those things that those games that are centered around technology, I think they'll work great as long as your players are bought in. But I mean, if 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 you guys know of any other dangers or uses for this, make sure to send us in an email or something and let us let us know. I just uh, hope that like I don't want it to get so crazy where it's just people. Playing something completely different. Yeah, playing on, WoW on their computers. Well, you know yeah, what I mean? exactly. All right, uh, second second topic: saturation point of material. Due to the ease of online publishing these days, what are your thoughts on saturating in the marketplace? Uh, quote: Quality versus quantity. We'll always have the big guys like Paizo and Wizards of the Coast hanging around, but what about the thousands of little guys? Garber, what do you think? I think that if something is quality, it's going to get noticed and it's going to get played, regardless of who put it out. Right. Or how many other people put something out the same day? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that really matters because people will parse through all the information, you know, whatever whatever the book it is, the module, etc. Yeah. It'll everything will get played by somebody, and as long as that person's loud enough, it'll get noticed by other people. With the uh, with the advent of the internet, everybody's reviewing something. Yes. So there's there's any number of blogs and stuff, and and what I think people find uh, game reviewers or publishers or stuff that they trust. And then they ju- will just blindly jump off a cliff if they tell them it's a good game. They'll go buy it right now. Yeah, I, c- I can think of a few game designers off the top of my head that I'm that way with. Yeah, uh, David Serlin, uh, Dan Solis, etc. Yeah, they're absolutely. just fantastic guys. Anything they put out, I'm gonna pick up. Right. Like I, I agree with that too. Like if it's good, like yeah, a million things are gonna come out every, you know, over like the course of years. Like there's just gonna be so much stuff out there but eventually they're going to get played and somebody's going to say hey this is great a bunch of people are going to try it try it and then if it's that good there'll be like a kickstarter for it or something like that i think and then, the like danger, everyone will hear about it i think so. the danger is uh the i think the only danger here is the small publisher who puts all of his eggs into that one basket and doesn't get noticed right off the bat and by the time he gets noticed the game's over for him uh he can't sink any more money and he had to wind up get a different job you know whatever i mean that happens so, oh absolutely it's, it's life luck of the however i do think we've seen a lot of this already with uh third edition dungeons and dragons going open source there was a lot of garbage that came out of there yeah but there's also a lot of good stuff i mean paizo exists right what do you think about like oversaturation of a single product like too much dnd too much pathfinder too yeah. much batman uh, too much batman yeah in comic <laughs> books yeah too much batman um <clears throat> i'm super not a fan of well okay I'm limitedly not a fan of when a company introduces a new system and they release a player's guide, a GM's guide, and a monster manual. And, and then player's and, guide, and guide too. Manual and a player's guide too. It's like, publish one book. If you have to, publish two books. I don't really see what the virtue in publishing two books is. Publish a book. 
You know, if you want to expand some of the sets of things like items or monsters that you put in there, publish later books. But the whole system I should get in one book. I love the way GURPS did that stuff. GURPS was you got two core books. You got a core book for GM stuff and a core book for player stuff. And there's enough material in GURPS because it's a big, fat, crunchy, universal system that you need those two books to kind of separate them because uh, while the player needs to see a bunch of information. He may not necessarily need to know what the lights rules are. Uh, yeah, the here, lighting that's what rules I was gonna, are. Yeah, my counter argument to that is like, okay, there's a ton of information. And you can put out a thousand page book that costs a hundred dollars. Or you can put out a five hundred page book that costs forty dollars. And it's just for the players. But you can also come out with like the Monster Manual and DM stuff and only the DM is going to ever buy that. The other, you know, like the the, the people playing that. aren't going to want like that extra information. They're never going to look at and pay for it. That what presumes I, that every character, every player needs a player's guide in the first right. place, which I actually think is a huge barrier toward playing multiple games. Yeah. Most 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 games are kind of like geared towards if you play this game, you should have the players. Right. Guide I think that's a mistake. Well, there's another aspect as someone who's been on the retail side of this and is working in the store. Um, if a game only has a release, and then you know if that's it then players will automatically assume that that game is dead, that no one's playing it, et cetera. Right. Whereas if books are coming out all the time, then they think, I'm not saying oh, no well, releases. there's a chance I'll get a group. I'm not the saying other, no releases. The rest of the, the GURP situation is that they put out those two core books for, for fourth edition, say. Um, they put out the two core books, which is everything the player needs, everything the DM needs, or the GM needs. And then it's all splat books. It's all flavor. Oh, you want to play Roman stuff? Here's your book. You want to play... Uh, uh, World War Two with werewolves. Here's your book. You want to play mystery games? Here's your book. And they put it all out as splats. I don't even know if they use that term anymore. But the every one was a settings book. Now the beauty of this was uh, you could then take because there's so little crunch in those uh, splat books. You could then take those and most of the time use them with other editions of GURPS. So you could take all of the most of the third edition GURP stuff and the the expansion books that you bought and use them with fourth edition GURPS because the mechanics really aren't mentioned in the splat books. So they become more supplemental product products without actually having to constantly change the game and you you get you don't really get setting bloat, you get system bloat, but you don't have to mess with mechanics that change with every book. Yeah. See, like, I like having... But that's... GURPS is a big buy-in. If there's something that I like, I like it being oversaturated. I will, like... If it's something that I am into, I will, like, give me more. I well, will, I will I, eat it all up. I, I, the reason I'm against games that require every player to have a guide, and not require, but, you know, pretty much require every player to have a guide, is that the cost of entry in any given game is really high for a play group. Everybody has to buy a copy. That's a few hundred bucks cross thing. I spent if, uh, about $140 on GURPS 4th Edition stuff, and I've never actually been able to get my group to play it. Right. There is a virtue to checking off each box in the D&D format of this game's going to have a monster manual and a, an armory and blah, 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 everything they have, which is that D&D is the game most people come to the hobby playing, and so when they're ready to branch out to other games, it's easier for them to grasp how that game is going to be laid out. You know, yeah. They expect those books to be there. Whereas something like the GURPS model, if they pick up the book of like how to operate a spaceship or whatever, if they don't know that that core book also has to be there, then right. they're going to be completely lost. That's right. an argument for selling one book. 
I think we've kind of went awry of the topic, and it was... I know, but I think this is an important thing to say. I, I really wish that, that Systems would be willing to sell me one book that I could teach the players how to play from, and that I could DM from, and that when Billy wants to buy a book, if we need another one, he can buy another one of these, or he can buy another system so we can be playing another game yeah. as well. I There's mean, a lot of quick start stuff. A lot of systems put out quick start rules, so you can kind of get the feel of it. It's definitely without all not the, good for the company, but it, it'd be good for the players, I think. Without all the mechanics um, necessarily in play. Th- there are games that you can do that with, but the thing is, there are games where, unless you've been playing for a while already, you're not going to be able to squeeze all the information out of the one book that you can. You know what I mean? Like if you're What not are you a, talking about? I mean, you can play Pathfinder with just the core book. You can make, but if you wanted to do it, you would have to make NPCs for every encounter. Because if you didn't have, there are no monsters in the core book. If you didn't want to buy the monster manuals, you would have to make your players fight NPCs that you made for everything. So you would have to make a lot more than you would if you just went ahead and bought more books. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like what you were saying, where you want a game where you can teach somebody to play and run a whole game off one book. That's great. I mean, there are some games out there that are technically like that. And all like the other that. releases basically just make it easy. Right. There are some games out okay. there that are, that are technically like that, but <coughs> you're going to have to have meta knowledge and a lot of experience going into it with that one book already to make that happen. Or it's a non-traditional game like Fiasco. Yeah. Right. Instead of a stat-based. The other, right. The other right. One Less I of to, a role-playing game yeah. and more of an The other one I wanted exercise. to bring up was the new Star Wars game. That is all in one book. But mm-hmm. when you think about Star Wars, what's the one thing that you want to do? Or like a lot of people... Kill Wookiees. Be, be a Jedi. Right. Be a Jedi. Guess what's not in that book? Jedi. Right. Guess where that is? Great. Another book. Another book. Oy. Good. Thank right. you, Fantasy Flight. Good. All right. Next topic. As we r- run willy-nilly through this thing. How do you run a good post-apocalypse campaign? You don't because it's a stupid setting. No. You've lost your mind. I don't like it at all. Post-apocalypse is fine. Post-apocalypse is never great. Been a, fan. Uh, a, stick with your movie tropes. Yeah, take yeah. your movies. Mad Max, The Postman, Waterworld. Yeah. Try uh, to be funny. I think humor goes a long way yeah, in that setting. Yeah, me too. What if Gamma you're trying world to, type funny. Gamma, yeah, I was yeah. going to say that's Gamma World. If you want to do something different where it's a dark, some, some sort of apocalypse, and you want to stay away from the funny, but you've got to ramp up the stress. I say adopt the gothic stuff. Yeah, Use a lot good. of those same sort of horror and shadowy tropes. Like, yeah. Minus Maybe the mixing, structures. mixing tropes up would be good too. If it's going to be post-apocalyptic, it could be post-apocalyptic Victorian world or yeah. something mm-hmm. instead. So you get a little mixture of things. Post- also, with stuff. also, most post-apocalypse, like yeah, would be in a sci-fi setting, which yeah. requires you to have you know the sort of intelligence and 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 grasp of 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 modern s- stuff, modern and science concepts in order to. Yeah. Unless you Which decided the world ended like Garber said after yeah. the Victorian. Yeah, I, I was going to say that that's a great like workaround. Yeah. Um, post-apocalyptic? For me, the the reason, and this might be why Brian has a problem with it. It's just boring to me. E- I don't know every why. time I've ever had a post-apocalyptic game that didn't go well, it was because I didn't, either I as the GM or the GM did not stay true to the concept of what the apocalypse was and didn't extrapolate far enough out to make it feel real. The like idea of defining post-apocalyptic to me is like there's nothing left. You need to scavenge for what you need and stuff like that. Like and like you need to like 
oh, we need food or we need gas and we really need, need an idea for a solo kit. I seriously dislike that th- that like whole idea. It's like, oh, there's like barely a tribe of like raiders here and stuff like that. Like, I don't. It doesn't feel like a living world to me. And like, that's kind of the point that it's not a living world. But like, that's just super uninteresting to me. Like, the humor is cool. Like, I do like the like Gam World was pretty cool because it was funny and. Like, you know, you could, like, change around and stuff like that. And you could put a cool thing uh, in the world, but, like, I hate the whole, like... I, I extremely dislike the whole, like, bare bones of the idea of post-apocalyptic. I don't I don't think it necessarily has to be that way, though. I mean... Right, nothing does. Post-apocalyptic but... just means it's changed drastically from where we are now. It doesn't mean that there's no no civilization it doesn't mean that there's no infrastructure it means it's changed in some way drastically oh my my pcs may encounter a village of psychic jelly donuts <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen in a mutant wasteland which is yeah. where i go with that I exactly thunderdome and giants running around and who knows okay in a not comic sense in a science fiction sense rather than a, some fantasy or, or comedy thing i actually have a huge problem with uh uh, apocalypse premises in general because i don't think the world ends i don't think it ever happens I don't necessarily think it. I I, I hear what you're saying there, my but pro- you can change my it drastically. Is a cognitive just, disconnect where I can't keep. I can't not pick apart what the hell happened. Well, and that's yeah. that's where I usually wind up with the same issue: yeah. is that it wasn't extrapolated out far enough, or I'm yeah, finding right. issues with, or people with, would just compensate. And like yeah. yeah, all of a sudden it's just magic. Like that just is a thing that just shows up or something like that. The best post-apocalyptic world is Adventure Time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You don't think some nuclear reactors go down and then we just have some you know, a wasteland of the U.S., et cetera? It doesn't have to be that the whole world is post Sure. I just, just think that nobody lives here anymore. They all just move. And that the... Well, aren't the players then just the group that's still here? That's where Why you get would the they be aspect. Here? Why would they be here at well, all? Well, but the point is... I can that answer that, that question. That's the, all nonsense. There's a... a role-playing public radio. Chernobyl. Uh, one of the guys on that show is... No one is, stayed. One of the guys on that show is is creating a zombie apocalypse game. Now, it sounds played out, sounds like it's old, but what he's doing it is from an economic standpoint. There is uh, a borderland that is where civilization and the overrun zombie population meet. The players are agents that go into the zombie borderland, on the other side of the zombie border, to get... Uh, what you were saying, Brian, get fuel, get bicycles, get uh, ice cream cones, whatever it it's is. Like Judge Dredd? Yeah, kind of. It's getting there. And the players have to balance an economic like they're doing it for money. Uh, and it's more of an economic exercise, which was actually a pretty cool look at the zombie apocalypse. Like you're trading essentially your sanity and your sanctity and safety for the money that you're using to go find Johnny's undead grandma because he can't bear the thought of her being out there wandering. Have you heard of this game called Daisy? Yeah. This is exactly like like just the idea of that like makes like drives me insane. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on from post-apocalyptics. If you want to hear more about that, make sure you shoot us an email, give us your thoughts. How about uh, a similar similar Don't topic? Don't say zombies, skip it if it's zombies. A prehistoric fantasy campaign. Woo-hoo. That sounds fun. Oh yeah. my god, that sounds like mind numbing. Nothing to gets me. Garber like dinosaurs. I, I want to ride dinosaur. a dinosaur. I love dinosaurs. That sounds fun. The first thing I go to is uh, like Dragonlance stuff. The <laughs> early Dragonlance stuff where it's like you, we spent five pages describing the socket that this guy created on oh, the top of his horrible. foot by holding his spear there. 
<laughs> and it's just a callus that has created a little nice little spot where he sets his spear. Or um, uh, Dark Sun, the early stuff with Dark Sun felt crazy to me as well, where it was, okay, you have a sharpened stick. That's your weapon. Magic Magic you, Caveman riding Rainbow Dinosaur now, sounds awesome. Now, putting uh, high fantasy stuff in with prehistory sounds cool to me. I mean, I'm fine with that. That's kind of what first edition Dungeons & Dragons was. Half the monsters were just dinosaurs. So that was pretty cool. There but, were elves and dwarves and dinosaurs. And dinosaurs, yeah. <laughs> so it's basically like something Mac kind of likes, where it's like people and dinosaurs kind of working together. What's that, Steve? I, I think know, it's called Dinotopia. Dinotopia? Oh, yeah, yeah, Dinotopia, uh, huh? Yeah. Dinotopia, it's really huh? cool. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Well, great. Stars has okay, the, so stars has the sunstones, something yeah, like, yeah, something like All that. All smack talking aside, how do you how do you effectively they had run a robots? Pre- <laughs> Dinosaurs fought robots. <laughs> how do you effectively run a prehistory campaign and keep your players engaged? Well, you have to decide whether or not can you like communicate you with each other? You have to decide whether or not you like... want to make it like Dinotopia. <laughs> are, are, the, are the dinosaurs intelligent? Are are we? Are you basing this off of like? It's kind of hard not to, but are you basing this off of our knowledge in the real world of dinosaurs? Or right. it could be like Isn't a thing where... Ice Age stuff, too. You don't have a, to be dinosaurs. Yeah, it could be a thing where maybe or you they... could do like the National Geographic Dragons a Wheel thing. Yeah. Maybe they... Uh, so it's a time travel thing, or it's a uh, caveman travel, thing. A time travel thing, and it's like, oh, we were wrong about dinosaurs. Or it's a talk. Jurassic Park thing. <laughs> or it's a, yeah. They were super intelligent. You basically they're have dicks. To, you basically have to... This brontosaurus <laughs> is playing chess. <laughs> yeah, they're total dicks. Yeah, they're, they're like, just... <laughs> Garber cut in, man. Don't be the, afraid. Well, the, the thing that I was thinking about to keep them engaged is that the, the big difference I can think of in that type of campaign is that humans would be by far... Not anywhere near the top of the food chain right, when yeah, dinosaurs right, yeah. are around. In D and D, it tends to be that the enemies that can defeat you are organized, living in a cave somewhere or in some castle. You have to go storm. Whereas in Dinosaur Land, you are surrounded by things that can kill you all the time. Right. So the stress would be, you know, more apparent on the characters. Yeah, because they're food. Like, exactly. Yeah, you might as well be a rat. They're just food. Like, Plus, they're yeah. dicks. Yeah. Okay. Dinosaurs are dicks, and it's awesome. I, I always thought just I quick, demand this premise in anything in which <laughs> you include dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are just dinosaurs assholes. must be assholes. <laughs> All dinosaurs right. are like it's organized, like, intelli- and intelligent. They're kind of like Nazis or something. Yeah, well, it's like, it's there like are certain things that combat that. They can't be too like they be too organized. They move in herds. Thing. It's like bullshit. They're too large. There's not enough. No, planet. man, it's magic. No, it's magic. It doesn't matter. Dom, I want to see like a brontosaurus walking around with a fucking top hat on, being like, and then like, like and all a monocle, all yeah, like a monocle, and like all the cavemen are like, it's my birthday, and they have like a cake, and the brontosaurus just comes and smashes it. And I like, say good day, sir. Hashtag, <laughs> deal with it. hashtag deal with it, assholes. Like, I like, say God. good day. Uh, I always thought it would be fun to create some characters, put them in uh, prehistoric times of some sort, and then play them several different times. Their lineage, play the same essential characters in different. Uh, times oh, so throughout be the like world. Vandal Savage, where he's yeah, just <laughs> an immortal, an immortal, super smart caveman. But I, I, I don't think Cannibal. I'd want them to be. I think the, I think I want the, want the only knowledge of previous campaigns to be meta knowledge, so that I can make uh, references to previous episodes. But the characters themselves don't get it, but the players will get it. I've basically, I've basically done stuff like that, but only with like a world that I made. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that was cool. Okay, how about uh, shipwreck campaign? 
I've done that so many times. That's kind of cool. I, it's it just, a lot like post-apocalyptic, the survival aspect. I agree, and I feel like that's a fantastic solo adventure. Yeah. yeah. I've done it before. Like, you mean shipwrecked on an island? Just oh, like, yeah. Shipwrecked like, campaign. So, I mean, I guess you, you can kind of You don't know you're on an island until you've walked all the way around it. There basically is a Pathfinder adventure path called Skull and Shackles or something like that, yeah. and it, 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 it is that. And well, like it's like cool. adventuring the island, and like you crash and stuff. Like so you could uh, get shipwrecked on Dinosaur Island, and you can kind of mix the previous shipwrecked two. on Dinosaur Islands where dinosaurs are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Brontosauruses and yeah. bats. It's just you, Wilson, a mach- and a machete against yeah. the lost world <laughs> and an ice skate. Don't forget the ice skate. The, Jeff, the, and Jeff Goldblum, the island dentist. dinosaurs are like, hey, we're having a party. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Jeff Goldblum and and Wilson the volleyball. <laughs> with an ice skate against the lost world. Hey, we're having a party tonight. We're all going. You can't come. So what do you guys got for uh, <laughs> shipwrecked games? Any ideas? Yeah, I mean, the obvious the obvious being, like, what were you doing on the ship? Were you a pirate? Do you have a bunch of treasure? Do you have a it's bunch a of great stuff? Way can you do a modern shipwreck It's campaign? a great way yeah. to start a campaign. Yeah, and then it can go take it's like like uh, take it like where it's like you were all on a ship for different reasons, and then this happens like in ba- you all have to band together to survive. And I really then after feel like that, those you are can... sorry. I really feel like those are quizzes on like how much you know about how to survive and stuff. I think the modern shipwreck is the only thing that would be really interesting from what's been talked about so far. Otherwise, it is just essentially post apocalyptic well, I mean, or survival. Yeah, or whatever. Or if, if, yeah. if it's why were you all on there? What is that? What do you carry with you? And and, and what happens when you group up? This is just lost. Yeah, well, exactly lost. That's what yeah. I was thinking. And about. and Garber wants to play Titanic the RPG. His his heart will go on. <laughs> Never let go. Bitch, let him have a turn on the board. <laughs> Nobody has to die. <laughs> bunch of guys with dice. Guys, a bunch of guys with dice. It's a pleasure been playing with you, gentlemen. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so the shipwreck campaign, I guess it all depends on your circumstance. Uh, and you can come up with you can come up with several different circumstances in which you're shipwrecked. I think that what's going to make it interesting is not necessarily that you're shipwrecked, but a when you were shipwrecked, and b where you're shipwrecked. In that, when being a time frame again, is it post-apocalyptic? Is it prehistory? Is it modern day? If it's modern day, you're you not. Do you don't have tight, long like, Bermuda Triangle shit. I, that's what I was getting ready to say. Yeah. If it's modern day, unless you're lost in some weird spot and you don't really have very long, so you kind of have to either turn it into some supernatural thing where you disappear in the Bermuda Triangle and you wind up on the shores of some island next to a crashed World War II plane, or and then it becomes a mystery novel, or you you take it to a more horror aspect where something like terrible happened the to the ship. Yeah. yeah. And why did the ship crash? And it's going to be 12 hours before the ships get, the other ships get here to pick us up. Um, and so you got 12 hours to figure out what happens. Um, sounds like a fun one shot. Yeah. Sounds like a great yeah. one sounds shot. Like a fun real time campaign. I do. I was okay. going to say, I like the idea of running a game in real time and that seems like a good I'm, setting to do that. It is yeah, cool. Could, I've could done work. a real time thing before where I've like put a timer on it. I'm like, you have two minutes to do this, go. And then like, like and that was super fun. Okay. Um if you guys have any if, any suggestions or would like to hear us discuss in more depth a prehistory tamp- campaign or a shipwreck campaign, hit us up dan at carpegm.net. We're going to run through to the next uh, uh, uh super topic here which is plot for a Final Fantasy-esque campaign. Never played one. Yeah, no. Never played a Final Fantasy uh, game? Nope. 
I mean, I've played them. I've played but, like, several. I mean, the thing is, they're it's like, just like they're kind all of already different. like D anD D. Yeah. In they're, some aspects, they're turn-based RPGs, aren't they? They're turn-based yeah. RPGs, mostly it's just like a different. Like you could just like use already rules out there and just like put yeah. a different skin on. Tactics it. I agree. It's just like fourth head, right? Like gridded out and everything. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I feel like Final Fantasy is kind of the video game that you're playing yeah. because it, you don't have anybody to play D and D with. <laughs> like, <laughs> if before WoW, because you didn't play D and D regularly enough. The big thing about Final Fantasy that stands out to me is that the job system is. Uh, very in depth, and then there are airships. That's so, where I was getting ready yeah. to go. Jobs and it? airships, whatever you can. So if you can throw jobs, a <laughs> job can... system, a job tree system of some sort, and then airships, and and figure out uh, how to how to build in some of the uh, static lore that that yeah. is overarching between all of the different games. You can more or less make everything that is overarching between the games. In various different uh, See, like, systems, yeah. The thing is, is pretty like, much any fantasy. The question system, to me, like, like that question, seems more to like, hey, I really like this Final Fantasy game. Let's just be honest. Hey, I really like Final Fantasy VII. Like, how do I make this into an RPG? And it's like, I've okay, heard great things about thirteen. Actually, grab, oh. grab the lore that you know and you like, and like, is there a story to tell in that world that doesn't involve Cloud and Sephiroth? Like, if there is, great. Come up with it and find a system. That I'm can. telling you right now, I could run a Final Fantasy VII campaign using second edition Dungeons & Dragons from, right. the, from the 90s. Yeah, absolutely. With no problem. Yeah, but so anyone who, like, does that world, and stuff. But does they, that world call for it at all? They like, don't have consistent settings, the but they all have AI, consistent... Is any of it relevant? Yeah. They don't have consistent se- consistent settings, but they all have a consistent, consistent feel yeah. and a consistent it's, lore It's always it. an apocalypse, right? It always just... It seems no, kind of like... not really. No. No, it's just Basically, it's... It's like summons are a big aspect, like and stuff like that. Like it, you could add that stuff. Th- think in. of it as like a meta series. Like Star Trek is Star Trek, but you know certain things about it that you can apply to every Star Trek series. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, okay. and you're just playing in a different corner, yeah. but you know how to make it feel like Star Trek because in a different it's, universe. Like a different universe. Yeah. Somebody, one of my roommates once described it to me as it's always the final fantasy for whatever characters involved. It's always like the end of. Well, yeah, it doesn't necessarily whole. mean it's apocalyptic. Real, it could just be okay, the, the end of a story. The real like logistical reason that it's called Final Fantasy is because no, it was I know this story. the last game they were going to make before they declared bankruptcy, yeah. and then everybody bought it, so they're like. We're gonna make it a series now, but we can't change the name, so we have to call everyone Final Fantasy. Yeah, I, All right, I get that part. All right, um, oh, go ahead. Though Final Fantasy, the Spirits Within, the movie, like uh, the so the whole secret to that was casting. So maybe that's just how you started. Like, <laughs> just go, okay, you're gonna be and pick good players Sutherland. and figure I, out who they're gonna. You're play. gonna play Alec Baldwin. You're gonna play Ming Na. What you're I would play uh, James Woods. All right, let's go. I, I for for this, I would probably get together with the gaming group and ask them what like their favorite, which their favorite. <laughs> What their One favorite was, series was, yeah. And what, why and what their favorite uh, elements were from each game because they changed the combat systems yeah. between each game. Some games are like a medley of systems from past games put right. together. Um, and you get little bits and pieces of, of familiar material interspersed with new stuff to yeah. keep the game interesting. Like I mean, I'm, that's just the way it works. I'm a big fan of the, the system in 8 because it's timed. So it's pretty much like you just have to be good at the game, otherwise you die. Right. It's not like the other ones where you can li- put the controller down on the table and you don't even have to pause it. I feel like uh, you could probably use whatever method we come up with for, for creating the Final Fantasy feel. You could then translate that 
depending on the system you're using and the and the intellectual property you want to convey, you could then take any Japanese RPG yeah, I was, and translate to it. I was going to gonna say, like, I will say Final Fantasy is a good, like, I've not played a lot of them, but it is a good, like, my favorite video game of all time is Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah. And, like, that's a really good way that they've, like, incorporated that into another, like, world, and it's an RPG. So, like, there's a way, but, you know. All right, I got one more. Before we move on, if you'd like to hear us figure out a way to use uh, second edition to create materia for your for your sword that you can uh, customize your weapons and whatnot. How do you make a chocobo? Yeah. How do you summon Bahamut? <laughs> yeah. How do you kill desert weapon? We can figure that out. T-Rex I'm saying, or, if you'd like T- us to do T-Rex it for you. Are, that's the most important part. Like what us the to figure hell out are you guys babbling about <laughs> Final Fantasy? Mac, if we end up doing this topic, your mission is to play a Final Fantasy game. Tighten up. Ugh. If you'd like us to do that, Final shoot Fantasy us an email. On tighten up my play. Yeah, tighten up. Final Shh. Fantasy VII is on Steam. It's like $7. Buy it. It's a good game. Shoot us an email. Uh, let us know what you think. Or if you have any ideas or anything that we missed in our express version of this topic. Next, uh, final and last one for the evening. Uh, what fairy tales character would you like to fight the apocalypse with? Mac? What? What? What, what fairy tale character would you like to fight the apocalypse with? <sighs> <laughs> Lightning round, son of a bitch. <laughs> good one. Yeah, this is uh, a good one. If you don't snap Baba Yaga, you're crazy. <laughs> no, she's Baba got Yaga's a house. A the, la- the last person she kills is you. <laughs> <laughs> but first, you kill all of your enemies. It's worth it. And you get to run around chicken legs. Jesus, provocative. <laughs> like, no, 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 bird no. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, bird Jesus. Fairy tale. Uh, I'm going to like fables for this, and I feel like that's wrong. Why not? It's fine. Pick one. You just want to hit it with Rose. <laughs> I, only after she it doesn't have up. to be a right. Oh, it doesn't have to true. be a right answer. No, I just want it to be a good uh, answer. Uh-huh. Why don't somebody else just fucking answer? Steve, you go first. I've I've got mine. Oh, you got yours? Oh, it's Paul Bunyan. <laughs> you gotta go, Paul Bunyan. <laughs> I was kind of so, thinking of Paul Bunyan too. So are you, babe? <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> I will ride, babe, though. <laughs> Paul Bunyan and babe. The babe blue the blue ox. ox. So let me ask you this. Are you adventuring with Paul Bunyan or are you Paul Bunyan? No, I am adventuring with Paul Bunyan. And, and I, uh, you said, <laughs> so what, what, was you the, bring what was the context of the question? You have to the, stop the context the, of the, the, the apocalypse. What the apocalypse or something? What fight the apocalypse. fairy tales character would you like to fight the apocalypse with? Absolutely. So if I say Paul Bunyan, then I get to presume that I'm also a giant of some kind. So I was going to say, what was your role? Why is, why is Paul Bunyan hanging around with you, so. just, a, just a cool dude. So just a big, you're like Paul Bunyan's bro. He's a griddle So he's cookie. Okay. Absolutely. Got it. I, I really wish that this could, could be edited together so it's just like John Henry Irons. Uh, uh, Paul Bunyan. John Henry Irons. Steel? <laughs> Sorry. I can't. Steel? You know I, I can't. John Henry. I can't. John Henry Irons. <laughs> John Henry the Hammerman <laughs> is the... Original John Henry Paul Bunyan Pecos Bill and you can just go like I was probably gonna say oh, John shit, Henry it's, yeah it's, it's, it's wait are you honestly saying John Henry I'd say yeah why it's so boring if you just say Pecos Bill how now, would like, you fight Plum the Tucker apocalypse Dow. with Steel some what's the show he beat that uh, the steam engine you're now. gonna fight the apocalypse <laughs> with a black guy and a train. Like, a train. You don't get the train. <laughs> he comes the train, with the train was his enemy. Did you ever see Saul? That's his calling card. Did Did you ever see Saul the Mole Man? No. 
It was a show on Adult Swim that was meant to be like a schlocky kind of uh, 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 oh god mid eighties TV show. Where like it's <laughs> it's crappy it's crappy like foam and and bad like Jim Henson yeah. type Muppet monsters. But it's about this guy who NASA or whatever built a, a drill to go to the center of the Earth or whatever, and he's a geologist and the only survivor of like when they fell into a cavern and discovered the underground kingdom or whatever. But down there they find John Henry. Who continued to race the steam engine down to the center of the earth until eventually they combined. And now he's like half man, half machine with a steam driving engine for an arm that can like drill through anything. It's crazy. Dang. Anyway. Steve, Steve you uh, made a bad choice. Pick uh, again. So Steve's doing John Repick. Henry. Repick. All right, Mac, what do you got? Flapjack man. Huh? I'm trying to think of all of the goofy like European fairy tale characters. I know. Like, none of them would help. I got mine. Like Hansel and Gretel? Who I picked the genie from the lamp. The genie from the lamp? Just, I wish it... Which in anything except Disney's version of Aladdin is horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't say get to pick what version. I definitely want to hang out with Robin Williams. <laughs> He's got those hairy knuckles. He... <laughs> Oh, Never oh, stop oh, sweating. Oh, yeah, that's a bonus. Oh, sure. Some apocalypse, huh? Oh, Exactly. <laughs> Plus, I can get any uh, wish I want. Don't I, look at it. Don't look at it. Don't even think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch it. Oh, oh. Harry Knuckles. Yeah, that uh, would be awesome. And all right. you could wish away the apocalypse, and you can have whatever else you want, a billion, zillion dollars. And All right, I'm going with Puck. Really? Yeah. <laughs> From um, the Alpha character Flight? from Alpha Flight, the little <laughs> short, like, no, the 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 prankster, the character most the... likely to fuck you over. Absolutely, I'm I'm adventuring with him. We're on a team. Uh, Oberon, that dude over a gym. Oberon's nightmare fawn from <laughs> yes, Midsummer Night's Dream. I'm going with Puck. All right, I'm going with King Arthur. Aha, uh-huh, look at that clutch pull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <It's> the... <laughs> Okay, so we've got. Hilarious. So now, now the question is, we're going to end it with this. Let's figure out the uh, figure out the world in which King Arthur, John Henry, Cookie, and uh, Paul and Paul Bunyan and Babe, Cookie, uh, along with some dude and a genie <laughs> and well, Puck. Not, not some dude and a genie, the genie. Some some dude and the genie and Puck are all in the same place. What's the scenario? Kingdom Hearts. Oh, that's easy. That's basically uh, can do it. What is English, it? English English American American. Yeah, Disney, Arabian. <laughs> well, so this is obviously a war. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, swear to God, that's what I was just going to say. So it's the American Revolution. That's the best uh, we can come up with. This is basically what like some of the later Scion books were, because they started coming up with, they started yeah, putting in concepts true. and stuff like, uh, like that. You were mythological. You could be like no, you, you could be, be like the Uncle, Scion of like, Uncle Rob, Sam. of like Robin Hood. And yeah, yeah, Uncle yeah, Sam. yeah, yeah. What do you think? Anybody else got anything else? I say American Revolution. Get, get, get stalled. Um, American Revolution works, I think. Um, I don't like the side I come down on. <laughs> what about Johnny Apples? Or I guess Johnny Appleseed isn't really that much of. That's the fairy lamest fairy tale yeah. character yeah, ever. Also real. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes. Yes, for real. Real. I guess he was real. Totally real. Not the pot on the head. Real. Read for a real, book. Real. He wasn't a pothead. I've never read a book in my life. Oh. No, I read books all, right. all the time. Well. Uh, if you'd like us to discuss this more, <laughs> you're a you're a. Uh, Can we do an episode on Johnny Appleseed? So no, you just no. teach me about. Did you it? say an episode? <laughs> no, it's we're not going to do uh, no episodes. Apple sodas. Johnny Applesode. Apple soda. <laughs> no one an apple soda. Sounds good. Let's uh let's get out of here and go get one. Uh, Johnny Appletini. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's his. That's his Italian cousin. He's kind of. He's kind of fegula. Hey Johnny Appleseed. Oh, I'm Johnny Appletini. Is gay Italian? Yeah, he's he's you know. Uh, uh, not hoping for grandkids is all I'm. You know. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <We're> not... <laughs> all right, with that, I'm gonna call it. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Carpe GM Gamecast. I'm Dan. I'm Brian. I'm John Henry Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mac. I'm Garber. And remember, support the hobby. Support the industry. Support your local game store. Support dinosaurs. <laughs> Woo! Dino DNA. Uh, 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 there are going to be uh, d- dinosaurs on this uh, dinosaur tour. Have you heard that it's now impossible to clone dinosaurs? Don't crush my hopes and dreams. Yeah, have, no, like that's don't don't do this to it me. It was a YouTube don't, video no, where people no, were going, no. "Oh God!" Because the half life on DNA it turns out to be less than sixty five million years. Well, I'm ruined. Yeah, I'm gonna go home and cry and watch Jurassic Park. Hey, man. I was going to do that anyway, but like... It's okay. Cloning's a sufficiently advanced technology to seem like magic, so now all we have to do is invent time travel. I watched Encino, man, all right? (laughs) (laughs) That's real. (laughs) It takes takes a real fucking strong person to successfully complete Encino, man. (laughs) I've seen Encino, man, realize this. Is this on Netflix? Is this our kind of territory? I think it might be. It's one of those movies where it's like the whole thing is available on YouTube because nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> the Carpe GM Gamecast is presented under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License Version 3.0. To contact us with questions, comments, and other feedback, please send your emails to dan at carpegm.net. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at C-A-R-P-E underscore G-M. Thanks for listening.